buckle up for chuckles. It's episode 319 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for people who play Magic the Gathering. Whether you're sitting at home jamming some arena, you're out with your friends at your local game store, or maybe you're heading out to a Magic Fest to compete in your first Grand Prix. We are here for you. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm not... I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. <laughs> another one. You're another you're another one. Yeah. That's a word that, you know, we talk about language a lot on this show. That yeah. is like you can't write it. Another? I you mean, can do apostrophe. Apostrophe. Another. But that's just like a lot of work. And, it is. And you're being very specific with, yes. the, with the dialect choice you you're making. You want someone to read it in a specific voice. Yeah. Like a, a, not another one. That's another. Yeah. That's another. Th- I don't know. I can't imagine normally saying another. <laughs> Now it's got it's lost all meaning for me. We were at the point where Same. another has no meaning. It does not. <laughs> but we've got a great show coming up for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking modern, everybody's favorite format. That's right. And if it's not your favorite format, get ready. We're going to tell you why we think it should be. Yeah, there's a new product, Modern Horizons, uh, coming out that is modern specific. It's going to infuse modern with a bunch of new cards. Maria, spoilers. Oh, yeah. We're also going to talk about another set of questions that Mark Rosewater has answered, this time in an article on Daily MTG. Plus, we'll have a little bit of story time. Yeah, story time. We've run through the guilds a few times, and this time, it's Celestia's turn. Don't you want to know what those little elves are doing? I want to know what the centaurs are doing. Oh, or th- what the tree people are doing? I want to know how what the what's the latest in hoof fashion for the centaurs. Oh, great question. You know, in horseshoes? Well, all of that and more in story time. Although I do think horseshoes is like humans control horses and make them wear shoes. Yeah, it does seem like horseshoes are what people choose horses to wear. Why do they put them on them? Do you know why horseshoes exist? Yeah. Okay. Great question. Excellent. Actually, because so if you think about it, horses hooves were originally designed to like run around in pastures and like not even in pastures. That's also (laughs) man-made, but like run around in the wild, right? Which is like way more cushiony. Yeah. And so when horses, when we were, people were using them to be like, oh, now they're on roads all the time. Um, now they're on streets. Their hooves now would get on, hurt. Exactly. Like their hooves aren't tough enough to stand up to that kind of wear and tear on those surfaces. And so it just basically is giving more structural support to the hoof. Um, it gives it a little bit of protection, helps it, you know, keep itself together. And now so you know. Now you know. <laughs> <laughs> so the centaur's probably not wearing okay. horseshoes. I mean, Ravnica is paved. That's like true. Most of it, it is, is a city plane. So maybe they are. Oh, gosh. Maybe we really need answers some sort on of this. alternative. Also, I, I feel like shoeing a horse is only not weird because a horse doesn't speak English. <laughs> and like, maybe it would be if they did. Because they'd be like, what are you pounding literally into my foot with a right? nail? Like, I feel like if you were having a conversation during the process of shoeing. Oh, no. It, w- it would be a weird conversation. It would feel so weird. It's perma shoes. They come off. Really? Yeah. Every night? No. <laughs> <laughs> they, do, they take them off. come off. No, they like lose them. But, oh. You know, like they fall off eventually. <laughs> You have to get new ones. <laughs> they leave them by the door. Can you please take off your horseshoes before coming into the living room? Hans. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of a story about Hans the Wonder Horse. Anyway, we've had enough what? horse stories okay. for now. But yeah, all of that coming up on the show. And uh, we've got some exciting stuff to tell you about, too, before we get started. Megan, would you sh- be a, a lovely Vanna White with our brand new oh, tokens? Oh, We have our tokens in the very studio right now Yes, that Card Kingdom very kindly helped us print. 
Yeah, thanks uh, to them. They are double-sided. So on one side, you've got Maria's wonderful face on green and my wonderful face on the other side on this beautiful orange. And they're, you know, that way they all have little spaces that you can write in what kind of creature type and what power and toughness. So people who became patrons in the month of February, first of all, Thank you a, Thank a you. billion times. It really does mean so, so much to us. And we're so excited to send these out into the world um, to people. And now you have four little, four different tokens. Yeah. Use them how you see can, fit. That they can represent. And if you super great. didn't become a patron in February, consider becoming one in March. That's right. But if you can't or you're not interested, you can all, there's another way to get these. What? Spoiler right. alert that I'm going to spoil right now. You can go to cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. There are beautiful sponsors of this show. Anything you want in magic, they will sell it to you. Deck boxes, card sleeves, singles, entire boxes of magic cards, board games, etc. Use our affiliate link and then in the notes of your order, say this sentence. Good luck. Have token. <laughs> Good luck. Have token. And you can get your own it's pair true. of tokens for as long as supplies last. You can also ask for a sticker, you know? Yeah. You so can always ask for a get sticker. Max value with your order at Card Kingdom. That's right. So, yeah, pretty They're cool. Great. Another we love way, them. a whole nother way to get our tokens <laughs> through Card Kingdom. And uh, yeah, as we said, thank you to everybody on patreon.com slash GLHF magic who supported us in February. Please consider supporting in this month if you haven't already. Uh, it's so wonderful to see our family grow and we'd love you to be a part of it and help keep the show on the air, doing what it does, coming out of your cat's mouth through broadcast cat waves That's and right. uh, just being part of your life that makes it hopefully better. By the way, quick note on YouTube on yes. our board games channel this yes. week. Ooh, on board games channel this week is Wingspan, Wingspan, which is a gorgeous new game. Oh, I love it. We do a little playthrough of the first round so that you can see all of the beautiful pieces and like all of the amazing interlocking ways that this game works. Yeah. It's an incredible game. Um, we so highly recommend it. And if you're like, I want to know more about this, head on over there. You can see the whole thing. You can hear our board game reviewer, Nicholas's review of it. Um, yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, that's youtube.com slash GLHF board games. It's an engine builder with glorious art and a whole gorgeous art. Uh, women-led team who yeah. created it, which is also really cool. So we, we love this game. Yeah. I want to play it every day. Go check it out. Yeah. Let's talk about Modern Horizons. That's right. So this is the set that is coming out in June that is for Modern. It's going to include new direct-to-modern cards. So we are skipping standard with this set. None of this is standard legal. That's and this right. is the way that R&D has gotten around of being like, well, we don't want this card. It's way too powerful for standard, oh, but so we but can't print Modern it. could use an infusion yeah. like this. So here we go. We're able to put in all of the modern cards that we've been thinking about that we want, and we don't have to worry about them warping other formats, which is pretty cool. We also might see some cards from older formats like legacy that were legal there <laughs> that have never been legal and modern and again they don't want to introduce it in just a regular set because it would completely warp standard yeah. but this is a way for them to potentially put it into modern so <laughs> will we see force of will oh boy who knows i don't know when who you when you play this who in your modern like your modern deck depends depends would you want it in turns <gasps> quite possibly <laughs> <laughs> very quite possibly i'm gonna play it in boggles <laughs> they're like uh whatever liliana 
A force of will. <laughs> Reveal this boggle. 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 <laughs> you might not have enough blue cards. No, I you don't. You definitely don't I have don't, enough blue I cards. I only have four boggles. You can dream, though. But it would be very funny. Yes. And they would never get over it. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah. if you don't play modern, um, we really, as we said at the top of the show, we really love the format. Um, Maria plays Boggles and has a full Boggles deck. Yep. Um, Foiled out. Yeah, that's right. Not fully. Uh, and I play Titan Shift, which I really love. And it's kind of nice because, right, it's not like standard and it's not like limited. It does take a little bit more time to build these decks because they are a little bit more of a financial investment. Yeah. That being said... A lot of mine were built from stuff that it's like, oh, if I was at a Grand Prix and I played side events and you get like the prize tickets, mm-hmm. a lot of times they'll have like singles. I got a lot of my lands that way for the deck. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. I traded my way to this deck. Exactly. Um, and it really feels like it's nice because I know it's something that as long as modern is around, I can go to my LGS to modern events. I can go to Grand Prix modern events. Like I have it. It's a deck that I love it's ready to playing. go. Exactly. There's no other deck that I have that's just ready to go. Right. Which is why I don't play as much in person standard is because, you know, standard it's is always it's always changing. And this it's really nice. Whenever someone's like, do you want to go to this modern event? Yeah, go again. And I'm just like, I can do that. I yeah. have a deck that I can just pull pull out of the shelf and take with me and go. And, you know, if uh, if you've been playing at least for a little while, you've got knowledge of what the decks are in the format. You're probably yeah. not going to be surprised by too much that's happening. Exactly. So you don't you're not going in blind ever because um, you're familiar with the format. It's been around for a long time. It is pretty darn cool. So we enjoy it. This is going to be a large set and it will be draftable. So it's been optimized to draft, which I think will be really, really fun. And there's going to be some Grand Prix that people will be playing sealed Modern Horizons. Whoa. I know. Get out of town. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about Maria's it. Maria's thinking about specifically getting out of town to Seattle. That's right. Where one of the events is. Yeah, Seattle was so fun the other year. It really was. It was a great time. It, the, it's great because the convention center is right in yeah. the middle of everything. Yeah. It's not like on the outskirts of town. On the outskirts of town. Some, some way, way out there. Yeah. Um. Here's my question. Is Seattle just one event or is it two GPs? You know what? I can't remember. Because in my it dreams... Might- in my dreams, Maria, what? it's Modern Horizons Limited as one event. And Modern and as the other. And Modern as the other event. That would event. be pretty sweet. Wouldn't that be so good? That's what, like, London, is London Modern No, London is. London is. Modern plus. Something else? I don't remember. War of the Spark, maybe? Yeah, I think so. That sounds right. Yeah. It is War of the Spark. Yeah. Okay. But that would be sick. Wouldn't it be? For a second, though, I've got to take a, I've got to really... This is very important for me okay. while we're talking about this okay. new product. Okay. Um, Megan, I want to ask yes. you a really important question. Wow. What I'm do you interested. If you didn't know that Modern Horizons was a new product for Modern and Magic, what would you think it was? <laughs> wow. Great question. I would think that it was um, a, a vitamin. Ooh. For over 50 for, for sure. over 50 <laughs> for people over 50 i i thought it sounded like um a budget nursing home <laughs> um, you know what on second thought when i thought about modern horizons mm-hmm. i thought it was the name of a new carnival cruise line <laughs> when i heard of modern horizons i just assumed it was uh, shapewear that target sold <laughs> specifically <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when I first heard Modern Horizons, yeah. I thought to myself, that's a budget airline. <laughs> 
when I first heard of Modern Horizons, I assumed it was the the yoga studio that had fallen into disrepair down my street. Oh, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's funny because when I heard Modern Horizons, yeah. I thought that it was like an outdated spa. <laughs> Like from 1993. Yes, exactly. When I heard Modern Horizons, I thought it was the new vegan restaurant that just opened uh, in the in the town over. Oh, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. yeah, with a few good options. When I heard Modern Horizons, uh-huh, yeah. I thought that it was a small Midwestern city trying to rebrand itself as a tourist <laughs> destination. When I heard Modern Horizons, I assumed it was a high school one act, but high schoolers play old people and it's just not any good. <laughs> Do you know what? I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's probably what it yeah. is. Anyway, I'm making fun of this name. <laughs> I just, I personally think it's quite silly. It is. But it is a little silly. Uh, anyway. A little silly. Let's talk about these preview cards that they showed yes. us. First up, we've got Cabal Therapist. This art is awesome. Yes. I don't quite know what's happening. I feel like it's a molten man. It, yes. It's, you know, it's a, it's a little, it's a little spooky. It's a, it's a horror. Guy. So for your yes. horror tribal deck, here you go. <laughs> a single black mana for a 1-1 one, one, uh, creature horror with menace. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, you may sacrifice a creature. When you do, choose a non-land card name. Then target player reveals their hand and discards all cards with that name. Wow. Pretty, pretty cool. So throwback to Cabal Therapy, of course, and a very, very powerful effect in modern. Like we already talked about having thought seize, oh, having thought, like, thought Inquisition seize of Causalic. Barf. Now we have this. Barf, barf, barf. So this is going to be even more annoying because... Like Thought sees you on turn one, on turn two, make you discard two, like yep. a bunch of... Maybe two cards. Yes. Maybe two or more. And even if you're not playing Thoughtseize, if this is a first blind activation, yeah. the rest of them aren't. Yeah. You know? So like, you Ugh. can just rip somebody's entire hand and you have perfect information. Ugh. I mean... We'll see. Oh, Thoughtseize number three. Welcome to modern. Because, uh, you know, there's nothing that we love more than hand disruption. <laughs> we talk about how much we love modern. But right after that, I'll talk exactly about how much I hate Thoughtseize. Yeah, Thoughtseize sucks. Thoughtseize is the worst. I hate it. Thoughtseize is like if you're a person who doesn't like who wants other people's ice cream to fall on the ground. Wow. It's true. And you could just get your own ice cream. But instead, your answer to the problem is to put their ice cream on the ground. (laughs) You're like, I wish I had ice cream, but put their ice cream on the ground. Put it on the ground. Put it on the ground. A cat would play Thoughtseize. Exactly. Knock it off. And not a not a fun cat. No, no, no. Bad cat. Very bad cat. Yes. Uh, Next up. We've got Sarah the Benevolent, Ooh. Angel Planeswalker, this everybody. This is really cool. She looks great. Yes. Sarah from Sarah's Realm. Yeah. Uh, two white, white for a legendary Planeswalker, Sarah. Uh, four loyalty, plus two creatures you control with flying get plus one, plus one until end of turn. I love it. Minus three, create a four, four white angel creature token with flying and vigilance. Cool. And minus six, you get an emblem with if you control a creature, damage that would re- reduce your life total to less than one reduces it to one instead i think this is great and i wish i could have a modern deck with it maybe i'll just make one who cares you can i mean like you know what i mean nope i just (laughs) accidentally (laughs) went to scryfall and then typed scryfall in the search bar which is Uh, great definitely so this effect this is the card that i was thinking of earlier 
Um, the minus six is like worship three in a white enchantment. If you control a creature damage, that would reduce your life total to less than one reduces it to one instead. And you see this out of like in modern, some bant decks play this mm-hmm. basically anything that has a lot of creatures in it and is playing white. Like sometimes if you see someone playing green, white elves or bant spirits, maybe they'll pull in something like this or any of like the abs and sacrifice decks. Um, that are more like contemporary pod decks without birthing pod will play this card. Um, and so the, the minus six is a little bit like that. I think it's cool that the minus three creates a Sarah angel. Yeah. I think that's really neat. Very cool. I mean, um, when it was previewed, the people previewing it said they didn't think it was powerful enough for modern, but they thought it was probably too powerful for standard question. Do you think this card would be too powerful in standard right now? Um, you know what? I'll be honest. I don't. Neither do I actually. So where would you play it? Uh, you could play it in place of a Johnny in the white weenie deck. Yeah, I could see. Which could be kind of a lock if you've got yeah. um, Legion's Landing flipped. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that is probably the best application that I can think of for yeah. it. And I can understand why they would be really hesitant to put an effect like that into the format. Yeah. Because you don't. You know, some, then it was like, yeah. I don't think white weenie like ever like wins from a position where you don't really have any creatures, but you have uh, a Danto the first fort happening. Yeah. And you just like have one. Once. You just have one once. So you don't really win, but it slows down your opponent from killing you. But in this case, if you had <laughs> Sarah and some it's way just to, like you're I don't know, I suppose they could if they had more creatures or something, but it is a way they're like, well, I just never lose. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> It'd be kind of hard to assemble, but it could happen. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this this coming out on uh, June 14th is the release date. The pre-releases will be held June 8th and 9th. Very cool. At your LGS. Head on over and check that out. That sounds super fun. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I know. And I, I'm just really wondering, like, what they're going to put into modern. What yeah. are, what are they going to say? Hey, we can put any cards in here. What do you what do you want? Like, I'm so interested to see what modern looks like after this. Right. It's going to get shaken. Up. Especially since, when is this coming out? So this is coming out after uh, London. Yes. Mythic Championship, which is modern. Yes. Okay. Um, what do you, if you could pick a card in this set to be in the set for your pet deck, what are you putting in? Ooh. Um, like it, like an extra turns effect. <laughs> Just take something to take yeah, more turns. Take, something to take more turns. Yeah. Okay, great. What about you? Well, we're putting another boggle in. We're putting a one-one hexproof for one. You do you want them to make a new boggle? Look, if I had op, if I had the ability to have uh, more boggles in the boggles deck, no. it would be so dumb. No, it would be so dumb. Gross. They shouldn't. They definitely shouldn't Gross. do it because it'd be very, very good. Um, right now, you're restricted to the eight boggles that you have, and then if you want to put, you know, core spirit dancer in that category, Sahana Ledgewalker, those cost two, so like not really. Yeah. But um. I did ask Mark Rosewater to print me one once, mm-hmm. and he said, never. <laughs> <laughs> he literally looked at me and said the words, never. never. Wow. So well, I'm not holding maybe. out hope. <laughs> but maybe they could print a fun new aura. Yeah. I mean, they've got to be so careful with that deck, though. So uh, this is my prediction. They'll print some card that is a nod to the Vogels deck, but would never actually go in the Boggles deck. That's that what I think That's happen. a solid predic- prediction. Because you gotta, you can't make that deck too good. No. <laughs> you have to be very 
very careful with those slippery boys. <laughs> so slippery. But yeah. So slippery. Speaking of modern, the Grand Prix last weekend in LA yeah. was modern. And uh, the, the top eight decks, the number one. Is it Phoenix? Is it Phoenix? Two copies of it in the top eight, and it won the whole thing. That deck is the hottest hotness right yeah. now in modern. People have been talking about um, playing Ley Lines of the Void. Ley Line oh, of the yeah. Voids. Yeah. Um, because it hits so many. Like, Dredge was also in that top eight. Yep. Um, different things that can that can die to some graveyard hate. What do you think about Ley Line of Sanctities? Um, you know, they're good against midrange. Okay. Yeah, they, don't solve, the they don't solve the Arclight Phoenix problem. No, no. Leyline of the Void, important if you're heading off to a modern yes. tournament. It exiles all, like, cards that would go into the graveyard exile instead. Yeah. So, which is very important for those Phoenixes. They cannot come back Get from out. exile. Arclights. They are gone. You are gone. Gons. Get out of here. But yeah, it's it's kind of cool to see a deck like Phoenix that made a splash in standard move on over into the modern world yeah. and kind of be like the top it's deck very cool. right now. Also a lot of dredge in there. I love dredge. Yeah, you were playing dredge recently. I was. For a while online I was playing dredge yeah. and I really like I enjoyed the deck. I had a lot of fun playing it. Titan Shift also in that top 8. Yeah, that's one of your faves. Yeah, I love it. Titan Shift is a good deck and once it gets itself together, can't yeah. really stop nope. it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> But sometimes you lose to doing your own math poorly. Yeah. That, I've done that before. That's true. Oh boy, have I done that. It is a risk. Hoof. But yeah, super exciting stuff with this new modern set. What's going to happen to modern? Who knows? Is it going to be very excited. totally broken? Is it going to be fine? I'm sure it's not going to be broken. Is it going to be new decks happening? I hope that there's new decks happening. New decks, new, new decks, decks, new decks. decks. some insight into magic from the man himself the myth the legend but he's also real mark rosewater <laughs> i've heard that mark rosewater isn't real oh really what have you heard that he is i've heard that the person that we know as mark rosewater is a character actor who's been specifically <laughs> hired to play mark rosewater <laughs> this is the plot of sherlock in one of the later seasons really yes oh nice for like an episode i believe that yeah that sounds right I've heard that Mark Mark Rosewater is a 90s yoga magazine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, he wrote a column here for Daily MTG. Yes. And what was the deal with this column, Megan? Um, so this is called uh, the the Who of Matt, or the article is called You Know Who. Yeah. And it's about um, questions that start with Who. Ooh. So he he asked people on Twitter for questions that start with Who, um, and then answered some of them. And this is part of a series um he did how why when and what yes so who is here and then um the why is coming up later so owls have a lot to ask Mark. yes exactly this is the owl question segment of i the wish show. i would have tweeted at him with just who do you think you are period <laughs> oh wait where is happening i think actually also sorry oh, where okay. is the other one okay so but anyways this one's all who who questions who? But who? not questions about the who. Oh, no. Or no. Doctor Who. Um, someone asked, where is Ashiak or who is Ashiak? Ooh. Uh, where is Ashiak? That's a question for next week, which is when he's doing where. Who is Ashiak? I can answer that today. And basically, he says that the answer is nobody knows. <gasps> what? And while we might learn more about Ashiak in the future, one of the coolest things about them is that they don't they're know. just a mystery. I like, love it. Ashiak just 
is is a mystery and that in some ways having all of these elements of the unknown about Ashiok is what some people really identify with of just having like this this complete mystery this complete unknown I love it's Ashiok very cool I mean when you're busy weaving nightmares exactly you don't have a lot of time to tell what everybody t- what a title who you are <laughs> exactly <laughs> who are you go away I'm weaving nightmares excuse me I'm weaving nightmares I'm weaving nightmares this is a loom um, so Mark, I loved this part. He said, will we ever learn everything about Ashiok? I'm skeptical that we ever will. <laughs> Great. I love it. Yes. Uh, so Ashiok, beautiful. You've I love, I love it. The mystery alive sometimes. Exactly. It's you know? just like, you know, in uh, TV episodes where the two main characters, there's a lot of tension there and then they finally kiss and you're like, ah, I'm done with this show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? JK. Okay. Sorry if you have not watched all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, spoilers. I've watched none of it. Everyone, so are you going to spoil it for me? I'm going to spoil part of it, yes. Should I plug my ears? Should you? With headphones on? The thing is, is that I'm going to talk about part of what I like about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, go. So if you are a listener of the show and you have not watched it and you're planning to, just go, ah, for the next couple of seconds. Okay. Is that, so part of it is a will they, won't they between two of the yeah. main characters. Yeah. But in like, it's five seasons, and I think in the second or third, they do just get together, and you're always worried, because I feel like part of what shows do yeah. when it's will they, won't they, is that they break them up. Yeah. And the best thing is that these two characters were just like great friends beforehand, and then they date, and then they just continue being like best friends. Oh, that's great. And every sometimes they have like issues, but they always solve it because they really love each other, and they're best <gasps> friends. Aww. And it's just great. And then they get married, and it's still just great. And it's one of my favorite things, because Brooklyn Nine-Nine is also such a good show like it's so funny um and it felt like it was a show that acknowledged we can write a good enough show that what's carrying this isn't some will they won't they tension that so many shows lean on yeah it's just that it's legitimately hilarious and a great uh and a great show with people that you love of the relationship from parks and recreation that's another great one yeah anyway so there you go exactly so I also really highly recommend Brooklyn Nine-Nine. If you're, especially if you need some comedy in your life right now, just go watch it. It's one of my very Where favorite Where is it shows. available? It's on Hulu. There you go. So. Hulu I, it up. Anyways. All right, Maria. <laughs> next question. I would like to think we inspired this question, <laughs> but I won't be so, uh, so uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A presumptuous. Presumptuous to assume. The question is, who is Jace's mother? <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about Jace's mom, who's got it going on a little bit on the episode last week. Yes. Um, and <laughs> this is Mark Rosewater's reply. For most of the time the character has existed, Jace didn't know who his mother was or where she was or anything about her. Because this is, if you remember back when we learned Jace's origin story in Magic Origins, he wiped all of his own memories Yes, back when he was studying with the Sphinx, um, Alhamaret, who was messing with his mind a bunch. So he wiped away his mom memories. Yeah, he wiped away all of his memories. But at the end of the Ixalan story, he got all of his memories back. And we don't know if it's all of them or like some portion of them. So he does believe... I love this part. I believe one day we'll visit Vryn. This is what we were talking about last week. I really want to go to Vryn. Um, And Mark says that we probably will someday. And when we do, it will be an opportunity for us to meet some people who are part of Jace's earlier life. Will his mother be among them? We'll have to wait and see. (gasps) Oh, very exciting. I hope so. It'd be great if Jace's mom was just like really B.A. and like better at everything than Jace was. (laughs) I would love that. Jace has always been like, I'm the star of the multiverse. And And Jace's mom is like, like, where do you think you got it from? (laughs) 
Hold Where up, do you kid. Think you got it from. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yes. All right. Who among planeswalkers that haven't yet been printed do you want to see most in a future set? So this is um, you know, this is like Mark's personal opinion opinion, yeah. which people don't I think ask a lot. This is going back quite a ways, he says, but I think a Leshrac planeswalker printed in Ooh, a supplemental product like Commander Dex would be pretty cool. Is Leshrac. I have no idea. Will you scribe all this? Sure. Leshrac? Leshrac. I mean it's quite Leshrac. Should Le- I, I'm on Scryfall. Should I just type in yeah. Scryfall again? Yeah, just type. <laughs> Herald of Leshrac, Leshrac's right, Leshrac's sigil, minion of Leshrac. Ooh. So we haven't really seen Looks evil. Leshrac themselves. We've only seen Leshrac's right, sigil, minion, and Herald. Leshrac's minion is pretty cute in a demon way. Oh, yeah, it really is. All right, so, you know, Leshrac seems like possibly pretty evil. Yeah. Right. That's what it looks like. All right. How do you want how much do you want to pay for a five five is the answer for black, 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 because that's how much flesh X <laughs> minion costs. Wow. It is additional text, but they do have it does have t- tap destroy target creature or land. Oh, wow. Just kidding. Well, I, will, I will pay that. I will I play. take it all back. <laughs> Maria, how much would you pay for a five five that says tap destroy target creature yeah, or land? I would probably even pay nine for that. Yep, You would pay a lot. I would. Yeah, I think nine I would. is a lot. It is a lot. But Maybe seven. Eight, eight for sure. Yes. Possibly nine. Eight and a half, potentially. Eight and a half. <laughs> um, who do I have to talk to about getting more commander support for Boros? This is great because I didn't yeah. know all of these different like entities that deal with this. Um, first, um, Mark says, it depends on what kind of support you're looking for. Do you want red and white to stretch into new abilities that are thematic to their colors? Uh, then that would be the Council of Colors. This is the group that oversees the color pie and is responsible what? for exploring new mechanical Hold places up. to push the colors. You're telling me there's a bunch of people who wear hooded robes and sit around a table yes. and have a gavel yes. made out of a human skull that they... What? Um, yep, that's what it is. And okay. they have to drink a special drink before they begin the meeting and smoke it's just, rises... It's just Blood. Blood. <laughs> a special drink, <laughs> a.k.a. blood. Smoke rises from the ground and chanting of monks in the distance as they talk about the color pie. Yes. Mark is confirming yes. this? Yes, that is a thing. Oh, wow. That is a thing. It's the Council of Colors. Sick. Um, then it says, do you want red and white to explore deck archetypes other than aggro? Then that would be the vision design and set design teams as they're the ones responsible for figuring out what archetypes should exist in each set. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. And then it, do you want red and white cards to get more pushed so that they'll have a bigger impact in Commander, especially in areas that tend to be stronger in the format? Then that would be the play design team. It's really cool um, how they separate things out there over at uh, Wizards from the yeah. know, vision design, set design, and play design. And now we know about the mysterious Council and of the Colors. Council of Colors. The Council of Colors is out there. Um, Kenny Wong asks, uh, who writes the flavor text on magic cards? Great question, Kenny. So uh, the short answer is that there is a creative writing team for the set, um, which is overseen by a creative lead. And th- those differ from set to set. Yeah. And it's really fun. You can follow some people who write flavor text on Twitter. Yeah. And sometimes they'll tweet out little stories about how they came up with the flavor text or uh, just revealing a little bit of the background behind it or what it, what one of their original pitches for it was that it didn't quite go yeah. through or like if it didn't end up on a card, this is what it would have been on the card, that kind of thing. And do you know what? Today, in honor of them, we'll do Flavor Text Theater Mad Libs. Oh, great. I love we'll Mad Libs. We'll turn ourselves into Yay. Flavor Text writers. We write such good Flavor oh, Text. Oh, it's definitely very good and very thematic. Yes. 
Speaking of flavor text. Who wrote your favorite piece of magic flavor text? My favorite piece of flavor text is on Lurgoif from Ice Age. Ak, Hans, run. It's the Lurgoif. Safi, Eric's daughter, last words. (laughs) Uh, And Mark says it tickled him so much. He designed two different cards because of that. Um, one is of which oh, is Safi Eric's daughter. Oh, that's great! Actually, made the character. Yes, and another one is from an unset called Akon's Run. Oh, I get it. Which is very, very I've heard fun. of that card before. That's pretty cool. Yeah, right. I guess when you're Mark Rosewater, you can have a lot of fun. <laughs> like, I'm just yeah. gonna make this character deal with it. Yes. Mic drop. I mean, I feel like that's what you know. That's part the of what job makes- description. I feel like that's part of what makes Mark Rosewater great at his job. Yeah. Is that he's like having fun with what he's Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. He's just having a great time. Um, who among current Wizards employees has worked there the longest? Oh. Probably um, old Ben from underneath the stairs. Oh, so it's old Ben from underneath the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> Who's been there since before the building was built. He's a caveman encased in granite underneath the city of... They're not in Seattle. Renton, Renton. Washington. Wow. Wow. Encased in granite. What a way to go. (laughs) Yeah. How do you get encased in granite? (laughs) Well, it's a very hard stone. Old Ben was was a, was a you know caveman hanging around doing caveman stuff. Um, and Got caught then, in one of those classic Pacific, <laughs> yeah, Pacific. Northwest <laughs> lava flows. Yeah, and then a lava flow happened over Old Ben. He was like, no, and a granite happened. Now he's a beautiful okay, countertop. Granite just doesn't happen, <laughs> Maria. If only someone could dig him up and put him in a kitchen. Yeah, That's like all a he wants. like a classic Han Solo situation. Yeah. Uh huh. All right. <laughs> Anyways, um, so he says it's Don Murren. If you count uh, time working at TSR, the company that created D and D, which was bought by Wizards of the Coast. Oh, okay. So. So it's a bunch of cool. different me- ways you could uh, yeah. measure that, I'm sure. Exactly. Um, who represents red in the Council of Colors? <gasps> so someone who already knew that this existed? I have heard of it before, to be fair, but Anyways. I didn't. I don't know if they like have meetings. The re- I hope they do. I, I hope, hope they, they sit too. around and I hope all of their, re- their robes represent the color pie. Yeah, part and of the they're color like, pie they no, are. no, no. And they argue for a card if they wanted in yes. their part of the color pie. The representative for red is Jules Robbins. White is Andrew Veen. Blue is Ethan Fleischer. Oh. Black is Gavin Verhey. Green is Ken Nagel. Colorless is Corey Bowen. Wow. Cool. All right. Very cool. I love this question. It's very, it's very confrontational. It is. Who thought or decided that getting rid of mana burn was a good idea and why? And Mark Rosewater's just like, that was me. (laughs) I did it. It was me. Are you kidding me? Why would mana burn? Oh. So it's actually interesting because in his answer, he talks about how during um, classic sixth edition rules change, they had talked about getting rid of it. Yeah. And back then he had been an advocate for keeping it. Oh. And then the magic 2010 rules change came around and he was the person who fought the hardest to get rid of mana burn. And he said it's uh, at the end of the day, it's because the greatest threat to magic's health is complexity. Um, and it so it's just stuff very that it's just strange, like, right? Yeah. And so you want the complexity of mana, of magic to have quality, right? Yeah. Like, to be a very quality complexity. And it just kind of felt like this was a quantity of complexity. Yeah. It just made the game more complicated without adding a lot to it. No. Um, All so. of a sudden, my spell mana Sick burn comes on mana burn. back into my face. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand it. Uh, someone asks, who is the hardest psychograph to design for? Um, and see, so these are the ways that we describe different kinds of 
players. There's Timmy and Tammy, Jenny and Johnny and Spike. Um, yeah. Which are like competitive and people who like cool combos. Um, and people, and people who like to swing with big, giant, cool creatures. That's right. Um, and so he says the hardest is probably Jenny. Johnny, they like to use magic cards as a means to express themselves. So they tend to appreciate cards that are a bit quirkier and those are just trickier to design. Fair. Um, and then Spike wants cards that allow them to d- demonstrate what they're capable of. And that requires some nuance. And the easiest is Timmy and Tammy. Um, but that doesn't mean individual cards can't be complicated to make. Cool. Yes. Uh, we have a question here. Who is the most requested character to have their own card that has never had one? He says, obviously, Urza. Oh, yeah. Up until Unstable was You released. know what? When we made the Drunk History Magic videos, yes. I had no idea that Urza did not actually have a, have card. a card. Yeah. It's kind of wild. Other than the head of Urza, which like that yeah, does not that's really not card. count. Um, yeah. And, you know, having an unset card is not. So people are still asking for a blackboard yeah. of Urza. Yeah. Which would be pretty cool. Flibblethip, of course. Yes. It's voted here. Our favorite. Everyone humun- wants a football thip. Humunculus. Yes. Um, Sarah is well, one from Dominaria. We've got yeah. Planeswalker. There you go. That's true. Um, Yogmoth. And speaking of Urza, Yogmoth too. Yeah. yeah. Um, unnamed white black angel sister from Innistrad. So Innistrad had the oh. different color pair angels, but there was the black white one, which, you know, had met, met some sort of untimely end. Oh. I think I want to say cool um, and never had a name or was never talked about. Who was the first planeswalker both, both lore wise and card wise. So the first planeswalker chronologically was Urza. As we just mentioned. Yes, obviously. Um, and then the first one in the world um, was, let's see. Bolas apparently is boasted. He's the first one, but Eugene. The spirit oh, dragon. what? Eugene is his twin. I didn't know that. What? Me neither. <laughs> what? Bolas is boasted he's the first planeswalker, but Eugene, his twin, became a planeswalker before he did. What? So my best guess is Eugene. No way. Eugene the spirit dragon. Uh, I did not know they were twins. They don't what? look like twins. Me neither. Me Maybe they're neither. fraternal dragon twins. Wow. I would like them to have a, a card where it's both of them on the card. Oh, or it's a flip card where it's one than the other. The Dragon Twins. The Dragon. And they're kind Wait, of like. The Dragon Twins is a card. Is it? It's the red card from um, Cons of Tarkir. It's called the Dragon Twins? Oh, it's called something about Dragon Twins. <laughs> Type in Dragon Twins right now. Dragon style twins. Oh, yeah. this But this is people. But maybe they're That's being true. like Bolas and Eugene. They don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, Eugene was on Tarkir. Well, oh, that's right. That's true. They were all about those dragons. <laughs> Anyways. Wow, we learned a lot. Yes. And then the first Planeswalker cards are the five-way tie for the Lorwyn um, Planeswalkers, yes. which are the first time that they were introduced. So those are Johnny, Jace, Liliana, Chandra, and Garrick. Cool. I love these questions. Yeah, um, they were great questions. And these columns by Mark. Yeah. Really cool look inside of uh, more of magical lore and everything, yeah. which I... Which I do really appreciate. And we learned something about Bolas and Eugene. Wow. That's honestly, I have to change my understanding of the world <laughs> based on what I just learned. I didn't know that. How did we not know that? I don't know. How did we not know that? I feel like all of Khans of Tarkir happened and no one was and like, by the way, they're twins. Also, Bolas right now is getting ready to do big bad Bolas things. And like, you, what's Eugene? We're talking like, about Eugene at all. Do you know what? Eugene, we don't talk about Eugene enough. I agree. I said it. We don't talk about Eugene enough. Eugene is great. Is he dead? 
No. He's just a spirit? Yes. But he's alive? Maria, shh. Don't ask questions. <laughs> I just, I'm just legit asking you. Don't ask problematic questions. If you have a secret twin surprise for us that we you think... <laughs> Tweet at us with the hashtag <laughs> twin surprise. Twin surprise. Like, did you know this person had a twin? We oh, would like man. to know. I would really love to know some surprise some tw- twins. Surprise twins. Wow. Yeah. I wonder... If we could do a Google search for who who has twins, okay. <laughs> no, now you're gonna be a these twin. <laughs> this I don't know what weird kind of results you're gonna get here. Me neither. Um, okay, well I'm just gonna click on the twin Wikipedia page. <laughs> this is not gonna give us. A- <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? Come on, here we go. See, uh, nope, never mind. You're and right. Speaking Animals. of twins, I have a film recommendation since you have a TV show rec earlier in the episode. Look, see also list of twins. Oh, great. A notable twins list of twins. acting. Um, My suggestion is uh, Three Identical Strangers. It's a documentary, which will blow your socks off. Oh. Check it out. It's really, really good. Okay. So a lot of these names I have no memory of. <gasps> Scarlett Johansson has a twin. What? Named Hunter. No. Oh, I thought it was going to be another lady, and I'm like, no. that's, that's, no, not the identical. world can't handle that. That's true. That's true. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find other good ones. Well, you know the hashtag, everybody. Twin yeah. surprise. Twins. <laughs> hashtag twin surprise. <laughs> Tell us someone that we will be surprised to know has a twin. Story time. Story time time. Put on, your, right. put on your onesie, tuck yourself in, hold your teddy bear, because it's time for story time with Megan. And we've been going through all the guilds on Ravnica, kind of telling a little snapshot of life. And today's the Celestians. That's right. So we're going to talk about uh, Bound and Bonded, which is the name of the Celestian story okay. from Ravnica. And again, these are just little snapshots. They're not about they're not about our main planeswalker buddies. They're just about like what is life in the guilds. Okay. And uh, this one is about Tarek. Who's um who's an elf who trained who once upon a time was the person who like found and trained worms giant worms <laughs> W really U R M tiny worms. little worms in the ground the worms big worms sounds like me as a child with caterpillars so he was a worm caller um except a couple of months before the start of the story he um accidentally caused this orzov basilica to collapse because he rode a worm under it and worms <laughs> turns out worms are really badass so like um, he was riding the r- worm like in a tunnel or just like no burrowed? so these worms burrow by making these sonic frequencies that can just liquefy stone cool. and they wear armor to protect them Oh, that, that's cute. So the, the worms can just travel under Ravnica easily. But he was too close to the surface and caused this basilica oh. to collapse. And so he's an outcast. He like <laughs> he lost his job and that. he can't train worms. And he's staying with his friend who's a dryad who just has birds nesting in her branches. Ooh, beautiful. Which is very cool. So anyways, Tarek feels really bad. Yeah. And um, he also keeps going to this orphanage, this Orzov orphanage, to give them money because there's a girl named Bazda there and her parents died in the collapse. Oh, And yeah. he feels very badly about it. And so we see him and he's going to the orphanage yet again to give them yet more money. Um, and Amberlin, who's the who's the dryad, is just like, you need to just let let it let 
Let it go. That's what something a tree would say. It is something a tree would say. <laughs> the Celestia Conclave is like very much about like not being angry with each other and just like being yeah, harmonious. Amen. Just let and it go. Valuing friendship and just being like, let it go. You know, have you ever seen a time lapse of houseplant? No. Like a 24 hour houseplant time lapse? I'm really interested in this now. Let me. I'm going to illustrate for all our video listeners what this looks like. Here I am a houseplant 24 hours sped up. That's cool. Like it moves so much and uh, you don't realize it because it's moving so slow and slow motion for us humans. But to the plants point of view, we would be moving like so fast, so fast, so fast. That's really cool. Yeah, that's so cool. They move way more than you think. That's it makes me feel really bad about killing a lot of houseplants. Yeah, as you should. But also, okay, we've been told like succulents are good indoor plants, right? That's like. Have we? Have you felt like you've been sold that knowledge? I sure feel like I have been. (laughs) No, just that they don't need a lot of water. What? I feel like, anyways, point is that I got a succulent um, from my my stepmom. And then I was like looking up how to best care for it. And everything was just like, they're not great indoor plants. They want to be outside. And I was like, well, dang it. I did not know that. I feel bad. And I'm trying to keep it alive. I'm trying to keep it alive. Anyways. So Tarek, uh, and he's living with his friend Amberlin, and they yeah. live in just like this giant collective. It's like a big Celestian co-op. Great. And there's like no doors and, and just open <laughs> floor plans and everyone lives there and everyone's happy and chill. So and also she's like, hey, the downstairs people have been hearing what they think is worm noises. You wouldn't be keeping a worm. That would be crazy, right? And Tarek's like, no, that would be crazy. Of course not. Of course I'm not keeping a giant worm. Worm noises. Also the worms are all really cute and they're kind of like dogs, right? They like... Oh. They like listen to him and they like knowing people and they. This changes you know, my whole opinion cute. of giant worms and exactly magic. right. They're Those just seven very sevens. cute. Anyways, point is, um, so he goes and he goes to the orphanage and on the way also he's like passing through like the Orzov part of Ravnica and there's like people just trying to extort money left and right. There's like a guy who's just Ugh. like, do you want to purchase some insurance to make sh- like to make sure you don't get you know mugged while you're in Orzov territory and he's like, no. Go away, you creeper. You want to buy a watch? Yeah, and they try and, like, follow him, and he, like, throws some seeds, like, bramble seeds on the ground, and it's just, and, like, makes a spell so they come up and snare, snare the guy. Ooh, cool. It's very cool. So he goes to the orphanage, and he gives him some money, and he meets Basta. And he didn't mean for her to find out that he's the person who caused the collapse, but she does. Um, and she's really sad. And her, like I said, her parents died in the collapse because they were indebted to the Orzov and they were working in the Basilica. Yeah. And then it turns out she's like, yeah, and their spirits are still indebted and they're still working so they're working so much that they can't come visit me. Oh. So it's not just that her parents are dead. <gasps> it's just that their ghosts are still around, but their ghosts are so indebted to the Orzov that and they, they have can work, work all the time. The nightmare so is their real. spirits are working. Um, um, to try and pay off their debt anyways. And then Basta has this little artifact that her parents gave her from the Basilica. And she's like, take this and find out what it is. But then instead she just follows him home and is like, I wanted to know right away. And then she gets to the co-op and she's like, why are there no doors? What do people want to steal stuff? And Tarek's just like, we don't worry we don't about do that. that We're the Celestians. We don't worry about people Sit wanting to come down. in and steal our stuff, whatever. Um, anyways. And then there's like two Loxodons who are moving out of the collective. Yeah. And so Tarek's just like, we should all do something together for one big last adventure. Um, and one of them says, this is a great quote, a major bonding event in the form of an adventure would provide a positive transitional structure to a long distance friendship. 
Those Celestians. Oh, those Celestians. So all of them are like, okay, let's go on an adventure. And he's like, let's go find out what this artifact goes to. Great adventure idea. Under the Orzhov Basilica. Yeah. Um, And so they're like, cool. And then it turns out he did have a worm. He was hiding the worm under his bed. And they all (laughs) hop on the worm and burrow under into the ruins of the Basilica. And they're there and they're looking around and there's like, not a lot and the worm gets spooked and runs off and they're like we're stuck and they go deep into the catacombs and then there's like this pontiff and these spirits and these worms all working and digging around this artifact like that their piece goes to like some big mechanism and they get found out because the loxodon gets scared by a mouse because it's an elephant. It's an elephant. It's great. The loxodon gets scared by a rat. I love it. And Tarek's like, it's just a rat. But the loxodon is like, no, no I'm not here for this. Scary. Um, and it's very cute. Anyways, they hold a little squeaking rat. Point is, um, they get found <laughs> out and the pontiff makes them sign in their book of like debt. Oh. Because they're just like, you were in my catacombs. You owe me for this. Yes. E- and it's like 10,000 days or something like that. 10,000 days worth of work. And like they keep just keep adding to it and adding to it. And so finally they work out a way to they trick the pontiff and push him into a hole. And then they <laughs> the use the best trick in the yes, book. It turns out that like the little artifact that Bob the girl had yep. goes to this mechanism which turns copper into gold that the is had made long long oh. long ago the pontiff uses his own creepy magic to put himself back together after falling down this hole and breaking all of his bones you yes he like fuses part of a thrall to his leg i don't like and, it no it, it's very creepy and very gross and very weird um anyways but they but they use their the gold that they've made with this machine um to pay off all of their debts it's the Orzov are bad. Yeah, they don't sound very nice. They're bad news. There's a time when like the pontiff like takes all of Tarek's possessions and Tarek's like, those are mine. And the pontiff is like, you know, to the Orzov possession is 99 thousandths of the law. <laughs> Anyways. Wow. Um, it's very good. And then they take the artifact back out of the machine. So the pontiff can't use it anymore. Even the pontiff things is like are you know i'm gonna make so much gold and the orzov are gonna be so powerful and destroy all the other guilds celestia first you dang celestians i would have gotten away for it <laughs> with it if it wasn't for you meddling celestians oh um, great yeah and then they all they free one of the worms that the pontiff was making work for him oh. and they ride the worm up back into the regular world that's and they set all of the spirits free because all of the the pontiff was working with all of the spirits of people who had died in the collapse and we learned that it's the pontiff who is looking for the last artifact that actually caused the basilica to collapse and not Tarek and the worm so Tarek was framed by this pontiff who is looking for this piece um anyways and they they free the worms that were unhappy working for the pontiff and they all get out free and Bazda's, ba- he, he like gives Bazda and her spirit parents the money to be like, start your life again. Because do you know what? It doesn't matter. They're spirits. Yeah, and she's like, just like, this is my family. We're going to live a half spirit, half normal human home. Exactly. So, you know, all, all different kinds making it work. I like the Ravnica. vision of just like riding off on your giant <coughs> sandworm into the distance. Yeah. Under the Ravnican sunset. And it's very cute because, like I said, the the end of the Golgari one was right. I like I have my whole death ahead of me. Yeah. And the end of the Celestia one was very much like I don't know exactly what the future holds, but I have all of my friends and like you know we it's all very are harmonious here. And, and connected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. 
My favorite part was definitely the Loxodon being scared by a mouse. Oh, that's so cute. That was very cute. I forgot elephants are scared of mice. And how cute worms are, it turns out. I know, like little dogs. Yeah, they're like, or they're like a ton. They weigh an actual ton. They're good boys. They're, but yeah, that's basically what they read as is like, oh, they're real good boys. (laughs) They're just doing their jobs. And the pontiff is great. Being, the pontiff who's using them to to dig yeah. is really mean to them. And you're like, this is a bad. It's a classic. This is a really bad guy. Yeah, because he's hurting the animals and the ghosts. Whatever Orzov. Yeah. So, anyways, it was really creepy. Mostly the Celestia were like really nice. A little bit too, you know, like harmony is great uh, at one point Tarek is like you Natural have to admit that you're mad at me I've done all of these bad things say that you're mad at me you can't just keep pretending like you're not and the dryad is like fine I'm mad <laughs> it was very good and the Orzov we find out that if you sign a debt with them it doesn't matter if you die you still owe your ghost still gonna be there wow. paying your debt you can never retire in the Orzov world nope <laughs> Hey, guess what? Ultra Pro's really cool. That's right, they are. Um, they've got, first of all, these enormous dice. You know, I want to mention these dice. These are like Planeswalker dice. Yes. Planeswalker loyalty dice. Yes. Which are giant, and you can use them to tick up your Planeswalker loyalty. And it looks really cool because it's got the Planeswalker loyalty symbol. Yeah. They are they are great. And I love like the size of them is so is so nice for just keeping track. You know I love a clean board state. Oh yeah. They will not misunderstand no. this. Misunderstand this. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you if can't. you're if your commander is a planeswalker, I yeah. think this is a great idea to have. Absolutely. Just, if you play anything that regularly relies on a planeswalker. Yeah, it's just more clear yes. than just having a pips on a dice. Absolutely. And you pulled out this beautiful art. I know. These sleeves with this gorgeous art on them. Look at them. Matt deck so deck protector sleeves yes they're featuring the wonderful artwork of therese nielsen oh. which you can't find on sleeves anywhere else except from ultra pro so great check really nice looking their stuff. stuff out at ultrapro.com or head on over to cardkingdom.com slash glhf because they also sell ultra pro products it's full circle well the celestia would be into this <laughs> time for flavor text theater mad libs that's right so what we've done is we've cracked a pack and we've just made some mad libs style little yeah uh, sayings out of the flavor text on them so uh i'm gonna go ahead and go first okay go all right maria i need a noun the noun is peanut butter sammy (laughs) all right maybe i just want one right now um a verb ending in ing Ooh, drooling (laughs) <laughs> and mm. another noun uh, 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 uh breakfast waffle <laughs> all right as opposed to a lunch waffle yeah lunch waffle no 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 breakfast waffle all right so this is spike wheel acrobat okay uh the original flavor text reads every street's a stage and every screaming bystanders an audience <laughs> oh god <laughs> uh, every street's a peanut butter sammy <laughs> And every drooling bystanders a breakfast waffle. That sounds like summer I want to be. <laughs> it, really, it really does. Every street's a peanut butter Sammy and every drooling bystanders a breakfast waffle. Wow, I didn't even try and go for that theme, but here we are. Here we are. All right. All right. I've got one over here. I need an adjective, please. Oh, um. This is a, a, what people would call a describing word. That's, that's right. Um... <laughs> I have to often remind 
A uh, long-limbed like a speeder. Long-limbed like a speeder. And I need yes. a noun. Um, <laughs> a b- pony. Pony? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> will soon make zero sense. <laughs> this is Skewer the Critics. Going to a reactive show can be dangerous. Trying to leave early can be fatal. But instead, we now read, Going to a reactive show can be long-limbed like a speeder. <laughs> Trying to leave early can be pony. <laughs> <laughs> I think it needed to be adjective the second time. The second time, time also. too? Yes. Yeah, you're right. Fatal. I guess. But leaving early can, can be, be pony. pony. <laughs> I like that better. Don't leave a party early. Don't be pony. Don't be pony. Don't be pony. All right, here we go. Okay. Um, I need a I need a noise. Oh. Uh <laughs> A noise, a a a a soft munching, <laughs> and a noun. Um, but why am I talking about food? I must be hungry. You really must be, because I was gonna say butter. <laughs> okay, one of my favorite nouns, really. All right, all things considered. This is Basilica Bellhunt. <laughs> you can hear their tolling only when your debt is due. Ooh. Uh, here we go. Okay. You can hear their soft munching <laughs> <laughs> only when your butter is due. <laughs> weird. <laughs> very, very weird. I don't want to hear their soft munching. I really don't. Same. Okay. I need a noun. Um, a tuba player. Ooh. Professional tuba player. Okay. Yeah. Professional tuba player. Yes. A verb ending in I-N-G. Um, hijacking. Okay, and a noun. Um, crispy cream donut. <laughs> oh, I almost spelled it with a C. No. <laughs> Weird. No, are those things still around? I don't know. All right, this is grotesque demise. Mm-hmm. It reads: A debtor's soul has little value except as a warning to others who might consider defaulting on their loans. Oh. The new version reads. A debtor's professional tuba player has little value, <laughs> except as a warning to others who might consider hijacking their Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> Don't hijack Krispy Kreme donuts. There's a lesson for and us you all know in what? there. Professional tuba players, you do have value. Okay? You do. Don't let anyone tell you that you don't. You do. Rude. So rude. All right. Um, I need a noun. A pickle. A, 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 a pickle. <laughs> And then I need a proper noun. Ooh, Sir Pickle. <laughs> well, does that count? This will definitely make sense. This is from Troll Bread Guardian. The original flavor text reads: His favorite food is crowl. The new flavor text reads: His favorite. P- Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> simplicity is best. 
All right, I need an adjective. Um, <laughs> obtuse. Painfully Ooh. obtuse. Ooh, that actually fits uh, remarkably well. A noun. Um. Um. Tire iron. Ooh. A job. A job. Uh, um, like a job you could have. A job I could have? Yeah, you specifically. Um, a. A scooter mechanic. Ooh. Uh, and I need, uh, like a. Well, no, I think I'll just take... I think we'll be done. Okay, okay. Let's find out. All right, so this is Sphinx's insight. Do not think me blind to your true mission or your true master, Grand Arbiter. Instead, do not think me painfully obtuse, so, like, the same yeah. thing, to your true, to your true tire iron <laughs> or your true master, Scooter Mechanic. <laughs> Capitalize. Scooter Mechanic. Hey, Scooter Mechanic. Don't uh, think me painfully obtuse. Yeah, Gosh, come on, scooter mechanic. You scooter mechanic. All right. Okay. Um, next, I've got a verb ending in ing. Uh, bubbling. As soon as you went, I knew it was going to be bubbling. Yeah, it just came out. It bubbled out, if you will. <laughs> um, a noun. Um, captain of this ship. Oh. <laughs> Does it work? I have no idea. Okay. Captain of this this ship. ship. Um. A famous person. <gasps> oh, um, <laughs> Mayor McCheese. <laughs> all right. You all remember Mayor McCheese, right? <laughs> um, a place. Um, uh, uh, laundry basket. <laughs> okay. And a job. Dingus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. I have Great. Mammoth Spider. Okay. The good news is that the migrating drakes are no longer a problem. Bell Midgelic, Azorius Hussar. 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 All right. The good news is that the bubbling captain of this ship is no longer a problem. Oh. Mayor McCheese, laundry basket dingus. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new favorite <laughs> insult. You laundry basket dingus. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay, I need an adjective for our final Mad Lib. An adjective? That's right. Um, You heard me. Cute like a cat. Cute like a cat. Oh, that's cute. Um, Verb ending in ing. Um, uh, fidgeting. And a noun. Um... Pancake house. Ooh, so many foods. I know. <laughs> this is Undercity Scavenger. We grow strong by feasting on failure. Ooh, okay. Oh, gross. Now reads, we grow cute like a cat by fidgeting on pancake house. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get cute? Well, I fidget on a pancake house. <laughs> that makes sense. Yes. Yes, it does. We didn't His get to favorite our favorite pickle is Sir Pickle. <laughs> We didn't get into our rare because there's no flavor text on oh. Rick's Moddy Reveler. Rick's Moddy Reveler. But I'm nice. going to throw this into the pile for our Gleam giveaway at the end of the month. Remember to enter in the show notes or below the YouTube video. Yeah. And you could win this, which, you know what, goes in some decks. So Pretty there you cool. go. <laughs> All right, peeps. That's the show. That's right. Guess what? What? 
I didn't have anything to say after that. That's the show. That's <laughs> Guess the what? Show. That's the show. Guess what? Mm. Hey, consider heading on over to patreon.com slash GLHF magic and becoming a member of the Good Luck High Five family, the Gnarled Pack, as we call them. Yes. And you can subscribe at any dollar amount level from $1 all the way up to $40 a month, which actually breaks down pretty, pretty cheaply per episode if yes. you want to think about it like that, even though we create so much more than just a podcast in our content creation universe. Yep. We're trying to bring so much to you and thank you to everyone who's out there making that possible because honestly it would not be possible without no the way. support of our patrons absolutely not um and i know sometimes i you know i think about it and it's and it's wild yeah it really is um exactly how much we we rely and um appreciate the support of the people who are out there so thank you everybody who has um, become a member of the good luck high five family and if you're considering it please consider doing it this month in the month of March. And once again, thanks to our other sponsors, Card Kingdom and Ultra Pro for right. always being there for us and being awesome. And Don't forget, in your Card yeah. Kingdom order, um, Card Kingdom slash GLHF, um, put in good luck, have tokens. And you can get, you can get a, a, a token in your cute order. Cute little set of tokens. Yay! <laughs>